Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I'm going to open my energy drink. Bingo. Episode here of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Welcome back. Uh, this is the second edition of Question and Answer. Uh, the first one was Health Hacks. Uh, you know, we had a great question from Jen on some health hacks, and it took me 20 minutes to go through it all. So I decided I would just go to a second episode to cover the rest of the questions here. So I have one, two, three, four remaining questions. Let's see if we can get these all done in one episode. If not, if it gets closer to 15, 20 minutes out, uh, I'll break off and do a third episode. And then if you guys have more questions, send them my way. I love this question and answer stuff. I would prefer to do it this way. So, mm. let's get into it. Uh, oh, you guys are getting it raw today burping and everything all right so one question i got let's see here let's bounce around this one came from kevin on instagram kevin said how do you stay positive in sales you know he said mike i'm going through a little bit of a slump right now it's hard for me to stay positive you know uh what are some things that i could do to keep a positive mindset in sales you know so you guys know i i've been in the life insurance sales business for eight years branched off and did some consulting and investing you know blew those businesses up too but i got my i started off 100 percent commission sales 100 percent commission sales and i'm still in that business uh, and that's my biggest business is is the sales side. And I'll, I'll tell you what, man, you know, the first thing is is just understanding like it's great that you're asking that question. A lot of people start to get negative and they don't even realize it. So you can't solve a problem if you don't even realize that you have a problem. Good news is, Kevin, you recognize that, you know, you're starting to get into a negative headspace and you're recognizing that you're trying to change it. And it's you know, it's, it's difficult, but it's not difficult. And let me tell you what I mean. The first thing that we need to do is we need to make sure we understand sales is a numbers game, dude. Doesn't matter if you're selling windows, cars, solar panels, life insurance, financial plans. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. What you'll find across the board is that sales is a numbers game. It's a gritty, gritty numbers game. And dude, like, like we got to think like baseball. Like if you get on base like if you hit the ball and get on base three times out of 10, you're in the Hall of Fame. So you struck out seven out of 10 times, seven out of 10 at that 70% of the time you strike out. But three out of 10, you get on base, you're in the Hall of Fame. Isn't that crazy? We got to think about that in sales too. You know, most sales, at least in our industry, a good closing ratio is 33%. That means if you sit down with 15 people, you're going to close five. So you have to go through 10 no's. To get one yes, you got to go through, I'm sorry, 10 no's and you're going to get five yeses out of 15. So every strikeout brings you one step closer to a home run. Every strikeout brings you one step closer to a home run. You just got to focus on the numbers. Like ask yourself this, am I getting up and putting in the work every single day that I need to do for me to be successful? Because Sometimes people will worry about like their closing ability, but they're not getting the presentations in. They're not getting the at-bats. So what do I mean by that? You know, in my business, everybody wants to be a good closer. You know, when I was in the field, I was naturally a very good closer. I could close 80, 90% of the people I sat down with. Most people can't do that. Most people are 25, 30% closers. So if you're like most people, you need to realize like your issue isn't closing. Your issue is activity. 
Like people will come to me and be like, Mike, I want to learn how to be a better closer. And I look at their activity report the past three weeks, they're giving five presentations a week. Like, no, dude, you need to be giving 15 presentations a week. You need to show me the activity before I even talk to you about closing. So that's the first thing I want you to do is number one, remember that it's a numbers game. But number two, are you even putting up the numbers to call it a numbers game? Are you getting the presentations? Are you getting the sits? Are you making the dials? The only thing that we can control in salesman is attitude and effort. That's it. We can't control who's going to be happy or sad. We can't control the guy that just went through a divorce and he drank half a bottle of whiskey right before you called him and he's just been waiting for somebody to chew out and take his life out on. We can't control who's going to have milk and cookies waiting for us or a shotgun behind the door. You know what I'm saying? Like We can't control any of those things. The only thing we can control is our attitude and our effort. And we just need to focus on those two things. And focusing on the effort side, man, is just focusing on the input. Like how many dials a day, how many presentations a day do you need to give to make sure that you're successful every single week? Focus on that. Focus on the activity first. Are you getting the dials and are those converting to presentations? Because a lot of times people want to give a lot of presentations, but they're not willing to make the dials. We got to make the dials or we get to knock on the doors. Like whatever kind of sales it is, whatever your first point of contact is, whether it's emails, dials, door knocks, whatever it is, you got to go out there and get as many of those done as you possibly can because that's what's going to convert to the presentations and then the sales. Everybody wants the result, but nobody wants to do what it takes to, to get the result. It's like everybody wants to have a six pack and big biceps and a big chest and look good with their shirt off, but nobody wants to eat freaking chicken breasts and rice and do reps. Get in the gym and do the reps. Get in the gym, do the reps. So that's the effort side, but specifically, you know, on, on positivity, what are you filling your mind with? What are you listening to? Are you listening to negative people? Are you watching too much news? Are you com consuming too much negative social media? This is going to influence your subconscious and make you have a negative worldview. You need to make sure that every single day you're waking up and filling yourself intentionally with positivity. Listen to podcasts, read good books. Watch motivational YouTube videos. Listen to content from mentors that you trust, love, and respect in your business. Like you've got to intentionally make sure that you're filling your head with positivity because sales is the toughest job on the planet, man. There's definitely jobs more dangerous. I don't know if there's jobs that are more mentally uh, uh, taxing. I mean, I'm sure there are this very stressful, like being a trauma ER nurse, stuff like that. For, that's not what I'm saying. I don't, I'm not trying to compete with anybody out here. I'm saying sales is very hard. And if you don't believe me, look at the turnover numbers. So what you need to do on the attitude side is you're going to be intentional, scheduled, and disciplined with what you fill your head with every day. So my tips for you, Kevin, focus on the activity, understand it's a numbers game. Just remember, every strikeout brings you one step closer to a home run and intentionally fill your head every single day with positivity. If you're filling your head with positivity every single day and you're studying people that are positive and people that are successful and you're reading books about highly successful people that have gone through the mud and the muck and have made something of themselves and you're getting up and you're every day hitting the dials or the door knocks or whatever it is that you need to do in the presentations, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. You're going to start stringing together a couple good days, a couple good weeks, a couple good months, and then before you know it, you've got the most powerful tool in sales called momentum on your side, and it's game over. Next question. Keeping your inner, uh, the way this person worded it was keeping your inner B-I-T-C-H in check, uh, which is one of my favorite phrases. I try to clean it up a little bit on here for you guys, though, so you can like, share this with your kids if you like the episodes. Keeping your inner wimp 
in check. How do we keep, Christina wanted to know, CQ, Christina Quillen wanted to know, how do we keep our inner wimp in check? It's simple. You intentionally expose yourself to hardship. Now, I'm not talking being stupid. I'm not saying run into traffic and, and break your back because you wanted to have a, a, a hard life. I'm not saying like develop a gambling issue and destroy your credit. That's no. What I'm saying is intentionally expose your things to yourself to things that are uncomfortable because growth happens on the other side of your comfort zone. And the more time that you spend on the other side of your comfort zone, the stronger that your will gets and then the weaker that inner wimp gets. That inner wimp wants to talk you out of everything in your life that you're meant to do. That inner wimp doesn't want you to take risks, doesn't want you to take chances, doesn't want, it definitely doesn't want you to win. It definitely wants you to stay inside with your windows shut, your doors shut, consuming social media, getting fat on the couch and being a loser ward of the state. That's what it wants because it wants comfort. It craves comfort. And the more that you give into it, the stronger it gets. It's like the story of the two wolves and the little boy asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? You know, you got the two wolves fighting inside of you. One is like jealousy, anger, greed, envy, all that stuff. Not good things. The other one is, is love and appreciation and selflessness and all kinds of good things. And the little boy says, which wolf wins? And he says, the one you feed. Which one are you feeding in you? Are you feeding your inner wimp? Or are you manning up, womaning up, and doing things that make you uncomfortable? Going to the gym, getting up early, studying, reading, learning, listening, picking the brains of mentors, stepping out of your normal comfort zone, doing things like I talked about in the other podcast, cold plunges, uh, eating new foods, trying new restaurants, go traveling, talking to new people, forcing yourself to talk to strangers. Like anything that makes you uncomfortable, public speaking, the more things that you do that make you uncomfortable and the more of those little battles you win, like I said, your will gets stronger and it starts to starve out and stamp out that inner wimp. So how do you beat the inner wimp? How do you keep it in check? You intentionally do things that make you uncomfortable as, awesome, as often as you possibly can. That's how you do it. And the more victories you rack up, I'm telling you, the stronger you get, your will gets. And you live a way more interesting and fun life. I'm always looking to do new things that make me uncomfortable. I'm always looking to push boundaries and, and experience challenges and grow. Like, I'll take risks all day long. I'm always taking risks. I'm always trying to learn new things. I'm always trying to throw a little bit of money over here, or throw a little effort and energy over here, or try this or eat that. Because the more I operate outside my comfort zone, I notice the more fun I have, the more fulfillment I get out of life, the less anxiety I have, and the stronger I get. Great question. The power of words. Sandra wanted to know more about the power of words, so I posted James 3. So in the Bible, James 3 talks about your tongue. It talks about your tongue and how your tongue, although it's small, steers your life, directs your life. Like one little spark can burn down a whole forest. One word, one sentence, something spoken out of turn can ruin your life. Like a, like a big ship is steered by a relatively small rudder, that's what your tongue is. Your tongue steers and directs your life. Proverbs in the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what kind of word? I'm not even talking about just like swearing. I'm talking about what's the quality of the content that's coming out of your mouth. You know, you can really tell a lot about in, uh, the person sitting across from you by the type of words that they use in the, their language. And I, again, I'm not just talking about swearing. I, uh, 
You know, I, I got kind of a potty mouth. I got to work on it. Obviously, something in me is not correct. But you could tell a lot about a person by the way they speak. Do they slander? Do they gossip? Person's probably dealing with major internal insecurities and feelings of worthlessness as a person. Strong people don't do that. You know, somebody that's like sexually perverse all the time in their speech, you know, in internally uh, immature, maybe even traumatized, definitely got some serious work to do in that area. You know, well, the words that come out of your mouth consistently, you know, people that this is a big one for me, you know, traffic brings out the worst version of myself. I flip out. I say all kinds of words, words I don't even know that are words. I got anger issues in my heart that I need to work on. You know, your tongue and your words reflect your internal being. And a good way to see where somebody's at spiritually and in terms of their character is see how they talk when things aren't going their way or they're angry or upset. So we need to make sure that we guard the things that come out of our mouths because, again, you can always apologize, but you can't take back how you made somebody feel. And a word, the wrong word or set string of words can ruin a career, could ruin a life, it can ruin a relationship can ruin a lot of things. We got to be very, very careful. And it says in Proverbs that you'll eat the fruit of your mouth, meaning that you're going to eat the fruit in your life. Is it going to be good fruit or bad fruit as a result of your words in your mouth? So make sure we guard our lips. How do we guard our lips? I think we stay in prayer. We stay close to God and we read scripture and we read good things that are edifying that are going to help us change ourselves internally in terms of character. And I also think it has a lot to do with who you hang around with. If you hang around with, you know, six or seven people that, you know, use foul language and talk about foul things, you're going to be the seventh or the eighth. It's invariable. You are the company that you keep. So I think the way that we change the words that come out of our mouth is, number one, we come, become aware of it and we realize the power of our words. And number two, we get in the word, we get in prayer, we get close to God. Number three, we look out uh, for who we're hanging around. Great question. Last one. This one came from Pat. Motivating salespeople that aren't natural killers. How do we motivate salespeople that don't have that natural instinct? Like in sales, if you're a sales leader, you understand that there are certain people that just got it. They just come in and, and rip people's heads off and just don't look back. And then other people need a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of extra coddling, a little bit of extra time and attention. And that's okay. That's fine. We need those middle of the road players. We need them. Not everybody could be a star quarterback or a star running back. We need offensive and defensive linemen too. Position players. But here's the thing, is that if you want to be effective in coaching people, you need to understand what drives them, ticks them, and makes them, you know, that motivates them. So, like, what gets them going? Like, understanding, like, a lot of times top people, like the ones you don't really have to worry about motivating that are internally driven, that just naturally win, are usually either super money motivated or recognition motivated. They want to win all the trophies and make all the money. Right, These middle-of-the-road people, they can almost be a little bit more complicated. How do we find out how to motivate these middle-of-the-road people, these people that take a little bit of time to get motivated and get going? Again, it understands it comes from understanding what they want out of life. Is this a person that wants more time with their kids? Great. Well, I'm going to sit down and let them know, like, dude, if you grind and grind and grind and you hit your sales goal by Wednesday, take the rest of the week off. Or if you grind for two years and build up your residual income and put some money away and invest properly, you might only have to work part-time after two, three years. You can coach T-ball. You can be home every single week and you'll be home by two, three o'clock every single day with your family. You know, maybe these people are just motivated by money, but they're still middle of the road. Hit, set an income goal for them. 
help them figure out how to make the money that they need to make and always boil it back down to activity. Like I never talk about like when somebody tells me they want to make $2,000 a week, I never talk about how many sales they need to close. I talk about how many presentations they need to give. That's simple. Big mistake coach make, coaches make. They focus too much on the output and not the input. Like when it comes to income, I never talk about rarely. I might briefly say this, how many sales and the ALP you're going to need. But I'm always talking about the presentation count. How many presentations do they need to give for them to make sure that they do close a certain number, a certain number of sales and make the money that they need to make? You know, and then I think the other cool thing, that another great trick and skill that you can learn as a coach is, you know, the five love languages in business, I call them the, uh, the five respect languages. You know, some people are motivated by like physical touch. Now you gotta be, you know, it's 2022, pretty much you gotta be careful with this one. Don't go around groping your people. But what I'm saying is, it's like some people, a pat on the back or a handshake or a hug means the world to them, means the world to them. Where if, if you give them recognition, they don't really care. They don't really care. They would rather just have you pat them on the back and say, good job. You know, some of these people are motivated going through the respect languages, uh, quality time. Some people just want to be around you. They want to spend time with you. Like you could buy them all the gifts in the world. They'd rather just have you there with them, supporting them, loving on them, teaching them, instructing them, spending one-on-one, going to lunch with them. Have, you know, if I got a, I used to do this in Erie all the time in my Erie office, man, if I had to go get a car wash or a coffee or anything like that, any little errand I needed to do, I always try to bring somebody different with me every time to spend that time with them. You know, maybe this is a person that's motivated by words of affirmation. They just need to be told that they're loved and appreciated and you're proud of them. Make sure you tell them that. Maybe it's somebody that's motivated by gifts. Get them gifts. You know, they hit a sales goal. Get them a pair of shoes. Get them a pair of uh, tickets to a game or something like that. Get them something that they can hold on to and, and cherish. You know, and then acts of service. You know, there's a lot of people get appreciation for their leadership when their leadership does things for them. Like, here, let me run this meeting for you today so you can take the afternoon off. I'll, I'll, I'll handle your team. Here, I'll do this film review with your three guys today so you can just focus on hitting your goal this week. Here, don't worry. I'll take care of that back end work for you this week. I'm going to put my assistant on that so you can just hit your goal. Like, people will respond to that, certain people. So I think that in both these cases, whether it's finding out what motivates them or finding out how to speak their language, both of them come from building a relationship, asking questions and getting to know these people. See, because here's the thing, Pat, and everybody else listening, you know, my business, we do ALP, it's annualized life premium, we track it weekly, monthly, yearly, you know, I would rather drive an average person to get 3,000 a week and have them get 3,000 a week than to drive them to 10,000 a week, scare the shit out of them, have them get zero. You know, make sure that we're speaking these people's language, that we have an intimate knowledge of their skill set, their abilities, and what drives them, motivates them. Because it's going to show them that you care about them, and then that's when you're going to start to build loyalty in your deal, and they'll want to go to war for you. Man, that's great stuff, man. We banged those four questions out. Awesome, awesome stuff. You guys have other questions, send them my way. I'll just keep pumping these Q&As out. I think this is a great way for all of us to learn. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get it.